Hey everybody, welcome to the Country Soul Podcast. This is Byron talking to you from the warm and lovely San Diego, California. <laughs> this uh, <laughs> this podcast, really the goal, and Lisa, you can talk whenever you'd like <laughs> since you're already in here. But Greetings this is a podcast. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> well, uh, this podcast, really briefly, is really my attempt in uh, exposing everyone to the cool and and influential people that I have come across in the country, whether it you know dance community or music community, and um, really just trying to shine a light on what they're doing. Uh, today. I'm really excited to speak with Lisa Bodner, kind of, uh, you know, instructor, dancer, party goer, jack of all trades, master of none out in in Binghamton, New York. Yes. Cold, cold Binghamton, New York. (laughs) We were chatting before this, uh, before we got started. How cold is it there, Lisa? It's probably in the uh, 20s right now. It's supposed to get Mm. down to 19 this week, so. (laughs) That. So is, is it a, is it a clear 20 and 19 or is it like snowy? How, I don't even know how that works. We actually did get snow, um, a little bit of snow this week, but it's November. So it is still a little early, not rare, but it's, it's early. Um, gotcha. so we kind of went right from fall into, oh, it's really cold. It's winter time. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I feel like that was the same thing in San Diego. It was really hot. And then all, all of a sudden it's san diego cold in the morning it's you know it's like in the mid 50s and then in the afternoon it's mid 80 or mid 70s so i can't complain really (laughs) well Well, i want to thank you for having me too oh i'm i'm so excited that you were able to i when i had the idea for the podcast you were one of the first people that came to mind and i think i might have messaged you really early on saying hey i have this idea and i want you to be on this i remember that and months and months ago (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. And I was so humbled and honored. And it's it's really honestly my pleasure to be talking with you. I'm super excited. Well, let's give I'm going to give the folks a, a quick background of how I came to know of you. Um, anyone that's in the line dance community has probably come across one of your videos or seen that awesome dance floor that you dance at out. Uh, what is it called? The cave? Is that the the cave? Spot? Yeah. Yes, so the cave. Um, I've seen some, I I have seen videos, you know, when I was starting in the line dance community and, uh, I woke up one morning, I want to say it was October, it was October of like 2017 or something like that. And I saw that I had been tagged in a line dance video and I was checking, I was like, well, that's super, oh, that's the CCLD cave dance. Well, that's cool. Hold on a second. They're doing my dance. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I distinctly remember that. (laughs) I could not believe it because choreography is not one of the things that I am, you know, particularly good at. It's just something I'll I'll try. Uh, If I like a song, I'll give it a shot. But you know, I made a dance and I had no intention of it going anywhere. And lo and behold, I was like, okay, all right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I remember that was one of my um, first weeks at the cave. No way. um, Yep, and I have a very distinct way that I teach and the things that I like to teach. And I found your video and I said, this is really cool. It's really unique. Um, it's fresh. And I have to have that on the floor. That's, so that's awesome. How I, that's how I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about, I guess, yourself. I gave a brief introduction um, saying that you started as a dancer, kind of made your way to an instructor. You were out dancing at the, I'm sure the local scenes out there in Binghamton. So what's kind of uh, your background? Oh, my background, it kind of meanders all over the place. Um, I actually started in cheer when I was younger um, and cheered in college. I was actually going to go to University of Houston. I had a spot on the cheerleading team. Um, But I opted, yeah, I opted to stay in New York um, out of of state tuition. So it was a business decision. decision. And um, I kind of, you know, coming out of there, I had a jazz dance um, background just from being on cheer team in college. And I had a hip hop background as well from being um, on that scene. And I started right out of college. Um, I kind of was looking for something to do. I had a friend that was 
very much into country music. I did not even like country music at that time, <laughs> believe it or not. And he was like, you have to go try this. And I went just to, you know, spend time with my friends. I actually needed um, a little external motivator to get onto the floor, <laughs> believe that or not. Um, you know, I wouldn't believe liquid. it now. <laughs> Um, and, and went and had a good time. Um, it didn't grab me right then, but I moved away. I moved to North Carolina, um, for a little bit. I came back home and when I got my job, um, I met my friend Jessica and she went to the same place that I had gone to line dance once or twice before. And it was lift off from there pretty much. Um, we went every week it just became something that that grabbed me and, and hooked me. Um, I met a lot of friends um, on the dance scene. It was just a really good escape from it. So it was kind of different, you know, going from a hip hop um, jazz dance. I don't want to say is that much different because you do things like a kickball change in there. So there's a sure, lot of yeah. that will translate over. Um, but from there, I've had a long you know, just a good time out dancing on the scene. And about, it was in 2014, it was in December. Um, a group of us went to a bar that had just opened up at our old stomping ground. So from oh, 20 no years where we used to dance and we're like, let's go, let's go have a good time. Let's pull some old dances out of our hat and, and just have a, a good time on the floor. And um, we were tearing up the floor and the owner approached us and said, do you guys teach? And um, at the time, Ed was my dance partner. And I said, Ed, do we teach? And it was something that he and I had always wanted to do together. Yeah. And within three weeks, we were up and running. We had our equipment. We had, I, w I had the insight enough to brand us. We came up with the crew country line dancing name so that we had an identity. That's um, important. Yeah, all of our equipment. We had crossed fingers, and we went on within three weeks of turnaround. So that's how I morphed from dancer to instructor. So people just saw you out there having a good time on the dance floor and said, you know what? I think we need them to get more people into this kind of a scene. <laughs> yeah, it's there's something because we have just such a joy when it comes to dancing. Um we're not perfect. Um, we just want to go have fun and our group likes to have a lot of fun together. And I think that that is catchy. I think people see that because it's, it's kind of a synergy when we're all just out there having a good time and we would attract a lot of people. They would jump on the floor, try to learn dances with us. We would kind of teach on the fly. Um, so it's, it kind of becomes infectious. And I think that's one of the things that carried into our success when we broke out onto the um, lesson scene. Yeah, cool. And we're going to get into how you kind of uh, morphed into uh, teaching more of the lessons and stuff around your area. But I want to circle back really quick and talk about how your kind of background in, in hip hop or jazz either helped or held you back a little bit in line dancing. Because from my perspective, before I got into line dancing, there is that perception that line dancing is very kind of, I, I don't want to say boring, but boring. Yeah, I'm coming from mm -hmm. a person that hadn't gone out and done it. When I think line dancing, I don't think it's very fun. And I'm curious, with the hip hop and jazz background, something a little bit more involved with other body, you know, movement, how did that translate into your line dancing when you got started that's a really good question um it it was something to adjust to but it was a fast um, acclimation um just because you're still dancing so that was what w was making me happy and i was just learning i was expanding on learning just the, the feet element of it and that you don't have to use your hands so there mm -hmm. was there was a new level for me that, um, you know, was a little bit of a challenge, but that was what was fun. Um, I think in many ways, it helped me more as an instructor. As a dancer, everyone has their own ways of adding flair and embellishment and styling to their dances. Totally. Um, 
And I think, you know, that background, you can kind of pull from maybe something, a little technique or something that you knew. But I, I do think that that background in a little bit more of the advanced type of dancing, because you, as you said, you're using, you're involving more body parts and, and trying to get them all to move a certain way. I think that helped me more as an instructor, especially with the background that I had, um, the cheer team that I was on in college, we went to NCA nationals in Dallas, Texas, two years in a row. Oh, cool. And we were one of the top junior colleges in the Northeast and we were beating four-year schools in competition. Um, so we had amazing coaches, I think, and they were incredibly influential in, um, perfecting things and learning technique and, you know, kind of having a pride in, in what you do. And that part is what really carried over into my instructor realm, I would say. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's funny that we've had, a, or I've spoken to a lot of people that are in the line dance scene that have had a cheer background. And for whatever reason, it does seem to carry over um, pretty well because I think most cheers are on an eight count from what I remember. Mm -hmm. yes. And that just that and that kind of helps you in breaking down a line dance, whether it's, you know, a 24 or a 96. Yes. Yeah. Um, I remember when I used to have to go to UCA camp and I would learn different um, dances there at, at camp during the summer and then we would bring them back and I was one of the people that would teach the newcomers during tryouts and I have always been one in my in my dance life that I can just dance by ear I never learned by count so when I was actually at that level I learned how to count dances the right way and the half nice counts. yeah so Let's fast forward a bit um, and talk about how you kind of uh, we don't want to we don't want to get into the cave right right now. But as far as the teaching is concerned, did you really just jump from that first opportunity to kind of the floodgates opening? How did your kind of teaching journey progress to where you are now? Oh, that's been um, it, it's so interesting to me and. Sometimes I look back at the whole process and I definitely see that everything in my life has, um, in, in pertaining to dance, has just been one door opening after another. And as long as I've had faith and walked through doors, they just keep opening. It's, it's crazy to me when I look back um, kind of at the overall journey. And I really did jump from one, one day I was a dancer, another day I was an instructor. <laughs> um, and you you really it really did happen that fast um, everything along the way has really been escalated um, all of our popularity kind of surfaced within our first year we do continue okay. to grow um, but it, it really did my first dance came out six months after uh, CCLD was birthed and it was just, we went from 500 likes, you know, from being an instructor on the local scene here doing weekly classes. And then all of a sudden they're growing by, you know, thousands each day. And before you know it, it's 10,000 and then it's 20,000 likes. And right now um, we just surpassed 40,000 likes and on Facebook. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to me. It's been a crazy ride. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> Man, so wait, what was that? What was that first dance that you had choreographed? So my first original choreography, and again, this is one of those kind of kismet things, um, was "Kick It Up." Um, kicked it, it. Okay. You may have heard of it. You may have seen it on the floor. Um, it really is what put CCLD on the map. Um, the funny story about that whole dance is, I had a vacation day from work, and I was just surfing iTunes. I found that Luke Bryan had just dropped Kick the Dust Up, and I downloaded it. Okay. I fell in love with it, for better or for worse, whether you're a Luke fan or not. So it's it's a very <laughs> controversial world out there. Um, but I played it a few times on repeat on my way home from teaching a class that night. I immediately got in the house. I wrote my moves down, and I had never choreographed any sort of line dance before. Um. I didn't know phrasing. I didn't know any of that part of it. 
I polished up the next day and I took it to another class that we were going to be teaching at. Um, I was so, I remember I was so nervous to show Ed that I fibbed and I said, hey, I saw this dance on the internet and I wondered what you think of it and if you'd want to teach it sometime to one of our classes. No way. Yes. And so I literally had just learned it and I fumbled through it because it was freshly choreographed. He had not even heard the song yet on the radio. And he kept questioning me about it. And I just kept trying to be vague because I didn't want to admit that I had actually created that. And finally, he's like, oh, my God, I love it. And at that point, I just had this big sigh of relief. I fessed up. He didn't believe that I actually choreographed him. I had to pull my chicken scratch out of my book bag and say, (laughs) here it is right here. And um, luckily, I had the foresight to shoot a demo of it the next class that we had at Dublin's. That was when we were teaching at Dublin's. I posted it on the line dancers on Facebook page and that one just had, it was a closed group. It had a little over 2000 followers at the time. And I don't, I honestly don't know what happened, but the dance just kind of went, it blew up. Um, That one video that we did, I mean, I don't even think I did my hair that night. I just kind of blew dry in (laughs) dance class and I just had my regular clothes on it's seen over 6 million combined views on social media. Um, the line dancers on Facebook page blew up. Um, the CCLD page blew up and it was even picked up by a Lou Bryan fan page, which was amazing to me. That so, is awesome. It was crazy. <laughs> so wait, when was that? That was in around May, June of 2015. And we had just started... 2015 in 2015 yeah that makes sense yeah so i i don't know if i told you because i knew that was your dance i knew that was your the first dance that you choreographed but we actually do it in san diego and really? um i started dancing in june of 2015 so that was probably one of the first dances that i learned when i started going to inca hoots here in san diego no way <laughs> Yeah. See, now that's that's destiny right there. We were just that that <laughs> is crazy. crazy. I, I didn't even oh put the two together until until right now. That's cool. That is really cool. Hopefully you liked it and hopefully it was one of the reasons you went back. <laughs> I mean, it had to be. I I kept coming back, you know, week after week. Uh, well, at first it was once a week and then it grew to two to three to four times a week so (laughs) i went a lot but that's awesome so i'm assuming you you have had some more dances that you've created after that yep i've um i think i've done about 10 dances that i've released to kafranov um yeah and there was um a few of them you know, the six, it's hard when, especially you come out of the gate and your first dance is such such a success. You, you yeah. Kind of think, How do I ever measure up after this? Just try not to think about it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I do, and I I just have fun with it. Um, the point of me creating line dances is just because I really feel connected to a song, um, and I want to create. That's the that's the sole reason. If people pick it up and do it and they like it that's a bonus for me. I totally. just really enjoy the creative process as I know you probably do. Cause I see all of your videos and the cool things that you do. And I, I just see that creativity in there. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I think a lot of choreographers that aren't, you know, huge names out there, we just kind of do it because we like the song or we just, it, it speaks to us in a certain way. Like, you know what? I want to make a dance to this for me maybe show it to a handful of uh, your other dancing friends. But at the end of the day, if it gets picked up, great. But if not, I look back at my dances and a lot of them aren't done at really many places at all, but I like them still. And I, when I watch them, I'm like, Oh, I should do this more often. I like it. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's, I do like my particular style and, Many may not agree with it, but what I like to do as an instructor is it advances my class along is I don't necessarily pick a line dance just because it's popular. I mm-hmm. I really look at the dance and see what's different and unique and fresh about it because by bringing something, even though it may not be popular, it may be by you know a lesser known choreographer, 
it doesn't mean that the quality isn't there. And um, especially if it brings something new for my class to learn, like a new sequence or a, a new creative move that they haven't done before, it just you know helps them to grow. And that is one of the things that I, I really, really loved when I saw your dance, where she at? Is there such a uniqueness to it? And I said, my class has to do this. And that's the one that I taught not long out of my start of my kind of solo career at the cave. Yeah, that was um, where she at. I, I was certain that someone had made a dance to it already just because that John Pardee song was very popular. But I think all of the ones that I saw, I just I just didn't feel them that much. Just the, yes. the I don't know, whatever the sequences that were in it, it just didn't ring true to me. So I just I wanted to make something for myself for that song because I didn't much care for all of the other ones and I really like the one that I made so it was it I was cool it. it was cool that someone else out there thought it was good as well so I like again I really appreciate that it's funny too because um not long ago Jalen was with me and we were at class and sometimes it gets kind of quieter at the end of the night after everyone's kind of come and gone mm-hmm. and he said let's play some of the ones that we used to do and we haven't done in a little while and yours was one of it. So we were on the floor doing Where She At not long ago and still loving it. Awesome. So it still lives on. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. We have a, a local DJ that um, when I go to their bar when they're DJing, sometimes he'll play some of mine and I never get to dance them. So I forget them often. Like, oh, what happens next? <laughs> yeah. So... I've been there before and they yeah. all look at you like, it's your dance. You right? should know this. <laughs> <laughs> I so, actually had to teach kick it up not long ago. And yeah. um, he, he pulled it. I was at another instructor's class because sometimes I like to just go be a student and totally get, and just get back to basics and just have a good time. And he was like, um, there's someone that was down in Georgia recently and they saw your dance being done and they really want to learn it. Would you mind teaching it? I really, I had to go through it really quick. So um, <laughs> I definitely can, I know where you're coming from. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when you find, when you're, when you're looking at new dances, are you typically like, I, I don't know, for me, I, I just kind of scour Copper Knob, look at what's new. I look at what kind of on the, the back end of the popular top 100 or whatever, just to see if there's any gems that have slipped through the top 10. What's your process for finding new dances? Um, it kind of, all, all of that, um, I do scour Copper Knob. A lot of times I'll go and I'll just search by song because ah. a lot of the requests that we get are by song. Hey, I want to learn to dance to this. And um, sometimes there are old dances, because I've been dancing for a long time, that just have such a different style to them that the, the even the line dances now don't necessarily have, and I'll kind of retrofit it. So I'll pick a modern song and an old dance and fit those kind of marry them together okay um and come up with something so it a lot of it is usually by song to be honest with you yeah but i do i look at my friends i look at you know your pages i see what mark paulino is doing and jason messer and mickey gentry down in south carolina i kind of i kind of gauge what they're all doing yeah mark um ldmf is another one mark just had one that he posted recently Oh, what was it called? It had a really interesting move in it, and I hadn't seen it before. It was just kind of like, no, he was almost doing like a backwards chug almost. Or he like dropped down. I don't, I don't remember what it was called. I'm looking up, I'm looking at Copper Knobber now because I think I saved it. (laughs) But yeah. He's got a great style to him. He, he definitely does. And I feel like that matches a bit of what, I don't know exactly what you're going for, but I feel like that matches what I've seen from all of the lessons that you've done there at, at the cave. Yeah, I, um, I definitely look for the different unique ones. Um, I do teach some of the timeless classics, even though, um, the target market that I have in the way that I present so that line dancing has a different look and feel to it nowadays so that it entices more people and it kind of breaks out of the old stereotype that they have. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of have a, 
different way of, so of going at that. I do want to I do want to spend some time here because that was something that stood out to me about you, and I'm sure a lot of a lot of other folks that are drawn to you. That's what stands out about you and the cave and what you're doing out there. Um, because, like you said, sometimes dances, uh, line dancing can get a little stale, a little bit boring. But you have this you have this, uh, I don't know, ability to find these dances that are very interesting and exciting. And I'm sure, um, well, I guess we can put a pin in that and talk about what the dance scene is like up where you're at or what it was like, because I'm sure you faced some challenges in, to, in getting to where you're at right now. Can you talk to that a little bit as far as the, the dance scene, you know, 20 years ago versus now? Yeah, um, it really, it was a challenge, to be honest. Um, the, you know, New York is not the first place you think of when you think of line dancing. No. And I grew up, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I grew up, it just was not something that my friends were too involved in. Um, I, in fact, I never heard of it until I was in cheerleading and we went to a dance competition and they were teaching line dancing and it was promise me you're not going to start doing age calculations DJ. <laughs> <laughs> it was um i'll give you a hint a billy ray cyrus song <laughs> hey you know what as long as you can get out there and move it doesn't matter <laughs> it was it was a while ago but um okay. it it really is not something that is on the forefront of the social scene up here um, sure. It kind of has a, a stereotype to it that it's old, kind of stodgy, rigid, um, you know, that traditionally older people do it, um, that it's done to twangy country music. Um, in fact, my boyfriend now, he, that was one thing that when he started coming to my classes, he said, this is not at all what I expected. So one of the things that we had to to really break through in this area to be popular, um, especially with the crowd, because let's face it, you really need the younger crowd in the bars, buying drinks at the bar to really make line dance night successful and to, no, to keep agreed. it going. So that was our target market. Um, the dance up here is, is just not what it's like in other areas of the country. You know, as I said, it's not a big focus on dance and the social life. There really are not many country places at all to go to. Um, if it's even country-ish, the floor is not big. If it's a big floor, the bar does not get the patrons in it. It's like the Great Basin Desert. Um, <laughs> and again, we competed with the idea of what people think line dancing is, not what we were trying to make it to be. So. It was really amazing to me that, um, you know, when we first started our very first dance or our first lesson night, um, we had 50 people show up and that oh, is wow. high for this area. It, it was really high. And then we got into, you know, there was 85 people in this one little bar trying to find room for all the line dancers and we were pushing tables and they actually knocked down a wall to make more room. <laughs> That's awesome. And then as, yeah. And then as we got to a bigger place, um, you know, we were having around a hundred people, um, you know, plus or minus, um, coming to our classes. And then we hit another venue where they had just opened up and we had already had our name out there. Crew country line dancing was known and because the venue was a country bar and it had the space we were entertaining on average 200 to 230 people on a wednesday night in binghamton new york that's awesome and i i think our high count was 275 and that's not even including a special ccld sponsored event um that had 400 dancers at it it was unbelievable Wait, it's, 400 dancers, not just 400 people in the bar? 400 dancers. And no they came, way. Yes. It was um, it was a, a, a special event that was sponsored 100% by Crew Country, and it was just a, a fun little event that we had thrown together at that time. I threw it together in like a month. Um, it was 
an effort to get, um, it was actually a little bit of a line dance challenge for the bar owners who did not dance. That okay. They thought that we could get, because we had such a high count coming in that was unheard of, they said, oh, I think you could get X number of people in this bar line dancing. And I said, no way. And then I, my wheels started turning and I said, what do I get if I do get that many people in this bar? And it became a fun <laughs> little challenge. And they said, you can do whatever you want. You just cannot, you know, do, um, we're not going to partake in this. It's 100% crew country. And one of the owners actually approached me. Um, I'm good friends with him still to this day. And he said, hey, I have radio spots if you want to use it. I said, nope, it's 100% crew country. I use the power of social media only. That's how we advertised it. That's perfect. And we had 400 dancers and another couple hundred bar patrons show up. So we knew that the interest was there and we just had to figure out a way to capture it. And we did. And it was awesome. Congrats. That's great. Because I talked to a lot of the some of the younger dancers that are trying to make it more appealing to people. And it's a, it's a huge, I don't know about a problem, but it's a question that we always ask. How do we get more of the younger crowd interested in line dancing, not just at the local bar, but at maybe some bigger events, making it more of a passion as opposed to an occasional over and go hang out at the country bar, you know? So for you to, for you to turn that into a highly sought after event, kudos. Thank you. Thank you. It was, um, it was, it, it was actually easier than you would think. And I don't know if it has anything to do with the cold Northeast and there's really nothing to do unless you ski or snowmobile. So, (laughs) um, there's a lot of bars up here. (laughs) So, you know, we presented it in, um, you know, whether it's, we kind of take, it's multifaceted, you know, whether you want to look at it from an exercise standpoint or social standpoint or, um, you know, trying something new, um, the party element to it. And I also kind of think that because Ed and I were teaching together at that time, you have the male and the female component to it, which uh, yeah. then creates a a feminine because a lot of times people think that line dancing is just feminine and in this area of the country guys just don't dance it's just not something that they do and it's probably why I also migrate to dancers like you and Mark um, Brandon and I promote Jason is another one I promote a lot of their stuff on the page because it shows that yeah guys do it and they look damn good doing it so yeah and that was that it's definitely something i can see even folks out here have a, a hard time with because you know guys don't dance it's just for whatever reason ingrained kind of in our in our society and um i mean for me it wasn't that guys don't dance because you know i i didn't grow up necessarily dancing in a standard you know studio or taking lessons like that but you know you go out to a club or whatever you dance at weddings and that type of a thing but when I got a little bit deeper into the line dance community, <clears throat> there are, you know, different styles of, of line dancing. There's like, you know, waltz style dancing. There's like a nightclub two-step uh, line dance. And they're a little bit more, I always say pretty, they're just a little bit more graceful in their movements. Mm-hmm. And I would look at those like, I can't, I can't do that. And then yesterday in my studio class, I taught a waltz line dance and it was great. And I'm just very comfortable in doing it. And you can, there's a way to make something graceful also look masculine. Yes. And it's just finding that comfortability level in the dance to make it your own. And when you make it your own, like yourself is going to come out. You're not going to look, if you're a guy, you're not going to make it look girly. You're going to make it look like a dude's doing this dance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So That's it's, awesome. I think it's Congrats. just one of, one of, yeah, you know, it's one of those things that, you feel confident enough in yourself and comfortable that allows you to, you know, open up in and enjoy the dance for what it is and not what anyone expects it to be, um, you know, for any particular person that's doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like I was on a soapbox right there. <laughs> no, it's, it articulates, I think, um, what a lot of other people think too. And you just put it into perfect words. So, 
Um, I, and I think, especially with Guy, I think anyone, and, and it's kind of refreshing now to hear that you too have the same challenges out there. Um, Cause I, I think it's intimidating for people who have never danced. And I always say, you know, visit Shotzi and Sarah at the bar if you need a little bit of encouragement to get on the floor. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but it's, um, it is, I, it's kind of refreshing to hear that um, it's not just this area and that we're all kind of going through that together and helping people find their confidence levels to get out there yeah. and knowing it can be a certain, it doesn't, you can make it yours and it can still look what masculine or feminine, however it needs to present itself. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that there are, there are guys that, you know, I talk to every day when I go out to the bars, they, you know, they do the line dances that are, that are at the bars. They're, they're more, you know, I don't know about traditional, but standard, you have your four counts, there's no holds or pauses or any kind of body positioning type things. And they're comfortable in that. And that's great. But mm -hmm. One of one of my goals is to get those people that are on kind of the cusp of becoming like I don't want to say great, but they're but on the cusp of taking their line dancing to the next level. Because there's a point I think where people kind of stagnate in their line dancing. Just from what I've seen um, when In Cahoots, my home bar was open, uh, it was it was common for the regulars to say, you know, people will come and they'll hit a certain plateau and then they'll stop coming because they've done everything. But going to like dance conventions allows them to expand their dance reach and even take some of the techniques learned in some of the you know conventions and stuff like that back to a dance that they've been doing for years, but they put a different technique on it and it makes it look different. Yes. Yeah. And that was something I was going to ask you too. Have, do you, do you go to any of the line dancing conventions and was it like circuit, circuit dances and stuff like that? Um, I haven't been able to, um, I, you know, I have a full-time job. The line dancing, believe it or not, is just a hobby and oh, nice. it, yeah, it, it started, it's just for fun. I don't do it for money, um, for the money. I do it, you know, because there's actually a joy in bringing that forward to people and seeing people grow and come out of their comfort zones. So I don't get a chance to travel, um, and go to the different, um, you know, line dancing events that they have. Um, sure. a lot of my focus is, um, if I do any, any movement is, um, I, I team up with live local music. So when we went down this path, we had a different, um, kind of marketing plan, if you will, um, to team up with the live music scene here in the community and kind of fuse, um, the dance scene with the music scene. So uh, there's a lot of people that I'm friends with in bands and, um, you know, we would show up, I've done events where I've sidekicked with them and I'll teach a line dance to one of the songs that they're doing. And it just really integrates the two different, um, the two groups and tries to merge them. Cause you probably know this, um, going out that there's usually a freestyler section and a line dancer section. And sometimes <laughs> yeah. they clash a little bit, especially the yeah. freestyler they don't like you in the territory um so it was a way to try to promote the music and dance scene and the creativity in that and fuse you know bring everyone to kind of together so if i do any sort of the traveling um for the seminars and stuff um the, it, it's it's on the horizon um but i i don't i, don't, I have a hard time sometimes because i have a full-time job sure. i'm a horse no, mommy. I understand. I'm a dog mommy, I'm a cat now, <laughs> they're all rescues, so. <laughs> yeah, but circling back, so what you just said about the music and dancing just kind of being a bit separate, there's for some reason a schism between mute, like local artists or, or bands and dancing, and I did not understand that for such a long time. I actually went out to, this was early on when I had just started dancing, maybe a year after I went out to Nashville, and I don't think I've brought up Nashville in quite some time on the podcast, but um, if you've ever been, there is a plethora of music that goes on out there, Yes. but no one dances. And it's the most crazy thing I have ever experienced being in the country dance scene. So after I came back from Nashville in my mind, I was like, you know what? 
I'm going to move to Nashville and hook up with some of these like local artists and just start dancing for their music. And it's just going to take over Nashville. I just, <laughs> it's yes. one of those things that I don't, that's such a great idea that I mean, you, you linked up with these local artists and danced with and for them. And I'm sure that brought more people to their shows and got their music out. And um, it's kind of a, one of those center, like a synergistic relationship there. Yeah, it, it really has. And, um, and, and it reciprocates because whenever we do, especially when we do special events, um, I see a lot of the dancers that are I've seen at the live bands. They're coming to learn how to line dance. So it, it's definitely um, it's definitely worked out. It's it's a mutually beneficial relationship, yeah. and um, and I enjoy it because it's it's positivity. You know, it, it's it, it's just we're helping each other, and that's really what it's all about. And that's really one of the kind of mainstays in the podcast is community. Like this whole country dance community has been amazing and it's cool to see what everyone does with it in their own respective areas. Um, it's like yeah. you partnering up with, with the local artists is great. It, it, it shows that you're invested in something that you enjoy. And when the artists see that you enjoy it, other people are going to see that and they're going to kind of, you know, join in and, even people that go there that have never danced before, if you see folks like having a good time, you're going to want to join in on it. Even if you have yeah. the reservations, like a friend will give you that one nudge that you need to get out there and then you, you'll get the bug. Yeah. And, and that really is, is so true. Um, I've seen it. We just recently um, picked up a gig at a place called Ransom Steel Tavern and they wanted to start doing country nights um, like once a quarter or so it's something that's new. They're traditionally a straight up music venue. Um, but it was something different that they wanted to try. And they were absolutely besides themselves because we packed the house and I had Jalen Meyer, who was, um, a guest instructor with me that night. We packed the house. Shout out Jalen. Shout out to Jalen. <laughs> <laughs> Those hips. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what he's known for. I mean, a, a lot of other qualities and talents, but everyone, it's always, oh my God, those hips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, we, um, we packed the house there and um, we just had such a great time with the whole thing. Um, I, I saw, well, again, liquid courage. I saw people who came with friends that were line dancing that they eventually ended up on the floor I saw several of my friends that I don't think, I think they know the Cupid shuffle and one I don't even <laughs> think knows that. And they were out on the floor and it's, it was almost like this, this energy that just rippled through the place. And the owner's like, we have to do this again. I've never, I haven't even seen these people before. So I have all these brand new people coming to my bar, which it's a great place. Um, so it was just, it was an amazing night and it was awesome to see you know, like that little buzz, as you mentioned, that will kind of carry through people and inspire others to have fun, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is fun to go out and, and just see. Sometimes I'll just go out and just sit back and watch. And it's very, very rare if you go to a place where there's line dancing to see people on the dance floor that don't look happy. <laughs> like, no one, yes. there's no one's ever out there with this serious look on their face. They're always having a good time. <laughs> Although sometimes I think some of us dancers um, tend to put serious faces on because we're really focusing on a dance we just learned. Yes. Or <laughs> I'm glad someone else said that. Okay, good. I was I was speaking for the majority of people because uh, when I I know when when I go out and I want to learn and I'm trying to get something down, I will have a very serious look on my face. Like, okay, I'm going to try to hit this triple spin on this yeah. little two count right here. All right, go. And I'll look very serious about it. But <laughs> Yes. And um, when my boyfriend first started coming to the classes, he's like, why do you look so serious when you're doing the, some of those dances? I said, I'm focusing. I'm trying to see if exactly what you said to get that spin in there or see how I can change this move up and improvise a little bit and add a little yeah, bit of styling. Yeah. Or I'm just trying to remember the damn dance. And lo and behold, <laughs> guess who is not smiling when he's out learning line dances? Now? Right? Because <laughs> it's that focus. I, I remember when I was learning, it was very uh, frustrating to not know how to 
like if I couldn't learn a dance. So the learning phase and the, the that aha moment was great. And then I move on to the next one. I'd look really focused and like I try to figure it out and then I'd get it and then I could be happy again. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Um we touched on we've touched on uh something it's kind of skirted around it a couple times, but the cave. What I I haven't done any kind of research as to what it is or why it is, but what is it typically a country bar? What's up with that that dance floor? How did what is going on there? If anyone doesn't okay. know, it, Lisa, can you explain why 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 I'm so excited about the cave and the dance floor? <laughs> so it might have something to do with the um, 3D LED infinity floor that they have. It might a hundred percent be that. <laughs> that floor is pretty cool. I will admit. And we, in a lot of our videos in the very beginning, you might see some of the floor changes, but um, for our line dance night, because it can be a little distracting when people are trying to learn a dance, if they're not, it, it never bothered me for a second, but sometimes people <laughs> have a very particular learning environment. To do the <laughs> oh, no. So we go solid. Um, and it also actually helps us film because it's kind of darker in there. Um, it does help us film um, dances better. You can see, you know, the viewers can actually see the the foot movements sure. clear when we have a white floor. Um, but that floor will change in every which way you can possibly think of in almost any color. And it's super fun to play with. Um, but no, the cave is not your traditional country bar at all. It's not even a country bar. And it okay. is a whole other life outside of Thursday nights um, with crew country line dancing. <laughs> I could, yeah, I, yeah, I saw that and I'm like, there's no way this is a country bar all the time. That doesn't make any sense. No, it it's not even a country bar. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> we, we kind of forced the country element and they love it. Um, it, I actually got started there in 2017. Um, there was a little change in the dynamics with crew country line dancing. And um, I actually left the, my partner. Um, we were in a situation together at a place and I, I hate, I always shy away from talking about it. Um, but honestly, that's the reality and that's the history. And it's something that crew country line dancing went through as it's morphed through its time. Um, but it is something that we were in a situation that it was, was really unprofessional where we were at. It was, um, okay. a little more of a hostile work environment and I'm an independent contractor. Um, I do it for fun. And when people who don't have any knowledge whatsoever, not dance experience, they have no idea what, what the country line dancing world is really like other than seeing it go on on their floor. Um, and there was some hostility. I just, it was something that I, I didn't enjoy going there and they were killing the joy, so to speak. So I actually left um, for reasons I speculate on, I, I think I have a good idea. Um, it was disappointing, but at the end of the day, you have to let people make their own decisions. And that way they can never say, well, you made me do this. I caught some flack for not pulling Ed along with me, um, but there was a whole reason. I believe that everything happened the way it did, um, but it forced me, I, I literally walked um, to preserve crew country line dancing and what we started and what our vision was and what it stood for so that it wasn't thrown to the ground and walked all over by people who had no business in those, those dynamics. Um, so I, I walked with the crew country shirt on my back and I, I walked out of something, the 200 and some people, and it was to protect crew country line dancing. I had someone refer me to the cave and I got this phone call and they're like, come on down. We want to talk to you. And that's when I walked in, I saw the bar is actually really cool. Um, they have fantastic food. What I love about them is they let us be us. There's no rigid rules. 
Um, it's professional. They trust me. They trust my business sense. They trust my teaches. They trust everything that I, I bring that's been successful before, which is not a luxury I had before. It felt like everything was getting beat down by people who knew nothing about line dancing. And, um, and I think like going in and seeing what a unique venue it was and that it was not your typical line dancing venue. It's, it's what I loved about it. Um, the challenge of liftoff was so enchanting to me and Hey, if you're going to start over with nothing but a shirt on your back, just completely switch it up and, and see how you do. And, and I'm so glad that I took the chance with it because, um, it, it was unique. It was, a, it was a different experience and it took a little bit to get off the ground. It's located in downtown Binghamton. It's traditionally a nightclub. And, um, I, I swear, I don't know what it is, but some of the country folk, um, get intimidated going into the big city, so yeah. to speak. So yeah. I think, um, you know, that might be one thing, but once they get in there, um, they see the dynamic that's there and what a positive learning environment it is. And, how they can truly express themselves. I know before there were a lot of things that weren't allowed and, you know, they were telling people you can't embellish your, your, you can't embellish dances and you have to stick to how it was choreographed. And that's not something that I teach. I teach by a step sheet and what, and I honor what the choreographer does, but then I say, I teach you the steps, you make it yours and how you want to express yourself. So I have a smaller class there. Um, then I previously have taught and yeah, 200 people is bragging rights, but it's not always about having a lot of people. It's about having the right people. Agreed. And I love it. It's a perfect size class for me to handle. Um, cause sometimes you lose the intimacy with a large group and they don't have that connection to you, which is something that people always loved is least how do I do this? Can you help me here? And they, we were always, you know, at their fingertips for whatever they needed to be helped with. Um, and with a large group, you commingle so many skill levels that finding balance was really difficult. So now with what I have, I see, I see how it all worked out and you just have to trust that the universe has your back when you stay true to your vision and there's a pureness to what you bring forth. Um, everything just really works out. And it took me from a spot where I was in the background to based on what our um, job levels were. I had about five different jobs when I was paired up with Ed and he was the primary instructor. So he had one job to my five and I kind of was in the background a little bit more, even though I was a co-instructor. And this really kind of catapulted me out into um, being seen a little bit more and, and showing my instructor levels and what I can choreograph and how I can teach people and um, dedicate myself to them and helping them come out of their comfort zone. So it was one of the hardest, most disappointing times of my life turned into such a gift. It really did. I, I know you can't see me right now, but I had just an appreciative grin on my face the whole time. That's it's such a great story. And I think you mentioned it right kind of near the end, like if you stay pure and you're pure in what you want to have happen and you know what you want going forward, things will work out. Um, I had a, I had an episode a couple, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago or months ago or something where we were talking about being or having integrity. And that's so crucial in, in establishing the type of people that you want around you. Because like you said, it's not about having the 200-person dance floor. It's about having the right people around you that want to learn, that are going to um, appreciate what you're doing as an instructor, teach to the step sheet, allow them to do their own thing after that. And that, I think, is a winning combination to have a, a, a successful dance community because you're not – rigid in okay you have to do it, do it this way but i'm going to show you how to do it right but you know what we are our own people make it your own so that's mm-hmm. uh, such a great story and, and i know you had given me an abridged version of that earlier and i i was like i hope she tells that <laughs> so because it, it's so important for people to to know that even if you're going to take a step away from something that you felt 
you know, comfortable with, if it didn't feel right, you need to sometimes take a little bit of a leap of faith in yourself to have something for the, the greater good for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it was hard. And, um, I think one of the things with people is it's hard to be authentic mm. and, um, and sometimes stand up for yourself. It, it, it really comes down to, um, you know, don't take crap from people. And especially when it screws with what your dream is and what your goals are. And it, it really was, I, I put some time and effort into how am I going to present this, this part of it? Um, you know, first I was tempted to hide from it, but it, it really is. And, and I know that people see or saw a, a change in CCLD and, and the faces and stuff um, at one point in time. And to be professional, I never provided much of an explanation other than some of the PR releases I had to do to combat what this other venue was saying about me or the instruction or about CCLD. But other than that, they don't know why there was faces that changed. Um, and it is a hard story to tell. Um, you know, there was 20 years of friendship that went on the line over, you know, probably, I think it was just, it came down to money and, um, it was disappointing, but I, again, I see the gift in everything. And when you are aligned with your greater purpose, everything falls in line for you. And the, the opportunities that I've been given since then, even walking with just a shirt on my back, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed, you know, with gratitude for it. And never in a million years did I ever think that anything, you know, that I would be sitting here with a, a West coast friend <laughs> that I met on social media through the dance world that I would be talking to them about my business that's in on the East coast in little Binghamton, New York. And I didn't think that my dance would dances would go international or there'd be so many views and that people show up to my class every week. So it's, it's really, it's amazing. It, it's been quite a journey and it's all part of your growth. And I think it matures you as a person because you have to apply emotional intelligence to, to get through it, taking the highest road possible. No, agreed. And again, I, I'm going to talk to that point one more time, but being authentic and being true to yourself, that's what got you here. Cause if you, I honestly think if, if you didn't have that personal style that that you're even like the teaching style, the dancing style, the just your, the personality to be malleable and, and change with your environment. You wouldn't have the success that you had, but you have I feel like you have this personality that will take adversity and turn it into something positive if, you know, you're staying true to yourself. So um, cheers to you and all of the success that you've had, really. <laughs> Thank you. No, Thank no. you so much. Um, and I'm, I think too, I've been able to connect with like-minded individuals such as yourself, which again, is another gift that if you stay in a certain, I always call it an energy mm -hmm. field. If you kind of stay in that energy field, you're always going, you're always going to be attracting certain things. And when you pop yourself out of that, just, just so much good comes your way. And um, I, you know, I'm grateful for people like you along the way that I've met up with and am inspired by, and every time I see your videos, I'm like, damn, I need to up my, my camera game because I'm <laughs> killing it right now. That's <laughs> uh, funny. I, I, I've been talked to about camera stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. I'll try to <laughs> make my videos better. I don't know. So they're awesome. Um, all right. Well, I want to ask a couple more questions. I know we've been talking for quite some time and it doesn't seem like it, but it has. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I know we talked about kind of traveling for whatever dance events, but have you actually have you gone into any other states to, to dance? 
Um, pretty much where Binghamton, New York is, we're right near the Pennsylvania border. So it's kind of limited to areas around New York okay. um, and Pennsylvania is is pretty much it. Um, I do have bucket lists. I want to get to yeah, Ohio. Yeah, what's the bucket list? Yeah, well, definitely West Coast for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to visit LDMF out in Ohio. Same. Um, and all these people, we should get everyone together and just come up with a, a time, project it out, and say, what about March of 2020, and see who can be at the Thirsty Cowboy out in Ohio. Right. We should do that. It would that. be so cool. <laughs> It would be so cool. So that's pretty much it. Um, officially, unofficially, I'll dance anywhere. So I have been in Salem, Massachusetts, with a car going by, stopped at a red light, playing something, and I broke out and danced right there. No. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> no shame in my game. <laughs> love it, love it. Um, let's see. I have a couple. Of just uh, oh, do you have? Are there any other goals you have for? for a CCLD or the cave or any other things coming up that you want to, that you're, that you're going to be spending kind of your focus on? Um, well, yeah, there, I don't really have dance goals with, you know, I don't say oh, I have to have a certain number of dancers or anything. I go with the flow. I go with what feels right. I set my intent to be open, provide the best dance experience that I can, um, you know, make people feel good, have fun, come out of their comfort zone, recognize their potential. Um, but I am, some of my goals that I'm loving is I'm saying yes to more things. Like I have been saying yes to doing some country night events, picked up a couple different venues. Again, it's just my hobby. So originally I was going to say no, but I'm like, no, I'm going to say yes to everything and see what happens. Um, right. The summer of 2020, uh, CCLD is going to be joining my friend Colby Oakley, who is a an artist based in Nashville, for okay. his drive-in concert series. Um, it started in New York last year. He has quite a following up here. Um, and this year, he's expanded it to bring in some talented artists with him from Nashville, and he's added... Um, other places along the East Coast. Um, and he incorporates his original music. Um, and we kind of fuse, you know, bring in the exposure to line dancing to promote uh, the music and the dance scene. Um, I'm hoping to network with some other instructors along the East Coast tour path that he has invited Crew Country Line Dancing to go on with him. Um, if you haven't checked out Colby Oakley, check him out at colbyoakley.com. He's awesome fantastic guy to work with um dots his eyes crosses his t's he's just a quality guy um ccld choreographed the official i'm here beer line dance for his beer line so hey. that was really cool <laughs> we have a new merch line that's coming out for our dancers finally that's taken a while and um doing some benefits you know we donate our time to things within our community so we got some of those coming up on the 2020 horizon and very recently um i was contacted by a gentleman in another industry um, regarding some of my choreography um i'm keeping that on the download for now because it's just in talks cool um but yeah it's something that you know if it comes to fruition um Hopefully my choreography will be out there in a little bit more than just the lesson scene. So you never know. Got to say yes. That's awesome. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll be looking out for all the things Lisa Bodner coming out soon and CCLD making a mark even more than it already has. Thank you. All Thank right. you. So wrapping up, where, where can folks find stuff about you, your lessons, where you teach, um, I know we've mentioned CCLD in the cave. Are, are there specific Instagram handles or Facebook or websites and things like that? Yeah, we actually have our business page at Crew Country, C-R-E-W, Crew Country Line Dancing. Um, you know, you'll recognize that has over 40,000 followers. We do have a YouTube channel so that you can pick up. We do lots of, um, we do dance demos and instructionals on there. Um, same thing with our Facebook page. We post step sheets, um, you know, promote 
where we're going to be so you can check us out um, hopefully next year there'll be more information on the Colby Oakley tour coming so maybe you'll catch us on, on the east coast if any of the listeners are on this end of town um, and I do have I don't have an Instagram account for crew country but I do have a personal one it's lbod12 that's one two um, on Instagram and I do post line dancing things there and anyone can connect with me um, ask questions I'm always happy to help with anything dance related. Perfect. All right. Well, folks, this is Lisa Bodner, CCLD, Binghamton, New York. One of the influential people that I have gotten to appreciate in the line dance community. And honestly, one of the people that kept me going. Um, I didn't mention it in the very beginning. Aww. So I don't know if this happened to you, but when I, you know, I, I first started, I was dancing. And I was like, okay, well, where do I go from here? I'm dancing and people are asking if I can teach, blah, blah, blah. Like, ah, I don't really teach. Oh, do you choreograph? I don't really choreograph. And I had kind of <laughs> stagnated at that point. I was like, all right, I'm just kind of in this little place where uh, I'll teach folks here and there. And then um, when I saw you taught my dance, I was like, okay, I have to, I have to keep this going. So I thank you so much for get, being the catalyst for – kind of kicking me in the pants to, oh. to keep going so oh my gosh that that it really hits my heart no that that i'm i'm truly humbled thank you no thank you i did not know that yeah yeah i i just was at a point where all right well, what, what do i do now and uh that really helped me kind of not not see that i had potential i think i have potential but just reinvigorate me to to continue on the path that I was going. So thank you, Lisa. Good. Cause you have a real talent. Uh, you have a real talent. So keep it up. I know that there's a lot of people on the East coast watching you. So I'm glad you're, you're teaching and choreographing and dancing and bringing all your gifts to others. Oh, appreciate you. All right. <laughs> well, folks, I'm going to give my obligatory spiel here. Well, uh, I'm country soul, country soul, like the soul of your shoe, not the soul of your being on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Follow me on Spotify. I'm on iTunes now. So just type in Country Soul and see what happens. You might find some things that are interesting to you. Um, my events coming up, always the facility in San Diego on Monday nights at 7.30, Wednesday nights in Escondido at uh, Park Avenue Community Center, and at Lafleur Winery Saturdays, at Cheval Winery on Fridays, uh, always line dancing every week. So there are plenty of opportunity to take some of my classes. Big events that are coming up. Um, I know we've probably promoted this to death, but we're going to continue. March 7th, 2020, The Edge in uh, Vista, California. That's in Southern California. For those that don't know, we're going to have a partner and line dancing mini convention that we are getting a lot of very positive feedback about so far. So it's going to grow Tickets are on sale now, so you can find that on my Facebook page, on my Instagram. You can also find that on Adia Nuno's Instagram and Facebook. So it's everywhere right now. I'm trying to get that going. Um, other things happening. I'm waiting on to announce one big thing, but I'm not going to right now. Um, other than that, I have a couple other folks already lined up for the next couple of weeks for uh, podcast interviews. Um, both line dancing and partner dancing and someone that's not really related to dancing. They're, they're just in the scene. So I hope you all enjoyed this conversation with Lisa as I did. Again, Lisa, thank you so much for being on and I hope we didn't take too much of your night because I know it's late out there in New York. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate it. And happy dancing. Happy dancing. All right, guys. Until next time, keep on dancing. <laughs>